It was a great new song we sang this morning, wasn't it? I wait. <clears throat> Ooh, that's hot. Okay. Uh, even through my imperfections, his light is shining through. I think you could just chisel that on my tombstone. All right. So if you find any encouragement in the message today, if God speaks to you today, it is because his light is shining through my imperfections. So, so I want you to think about what the greatest expression of love anybody has ever shown you is. Just think about that. What's the greatest expression of love anybody's ever shown you? So as we go through the, the, the passage, I want you to just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. What, what did that look like? What was that? Scott, uh, when he let us kind of figure out where we were all going to teach, I wound up teaching love, and I was, it, was a, it was pretty intimidating. To, I mean, this is a admittedly broad topic uh, <laughs> to cover in you know, 30 minutes or less and uh, try to come up with something that doesn't sound so familiar that we all go to sleep while I'm talking. So, <clears throat> but I think uh, where the Lord's led me, I think uh, you'll, you might find that it, it hopefully it'll, it'll help us to think about this a little bit different. But we're going to read a passage that's not unfamiliar, <clears throat> obviously, um, but think about the greatest expression of love anybody's shown you. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had conspired this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit." She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. God with us. This is, a, this is a phrase that we see uh, throughout Scripture, right? If you remember uh, <clears throat> Joshua, and even before that, but as Joshua was being given command of the, the Israelites to take them into the Promised Land, this is part of what God told him. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I am with you. Not just I have blessed you or I have charged you. I am with you. And then again in Isaiah 41, Behold, the Lord God will come with might, with his arm ruling for him. Behold, his reward, oh, that's that's not chapter 41, that's chapter 40. How about that? Does it sound better if I read it from 41? Do not fear, for I am with you. So there we go. Do not, be, do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear. I am with you. I am with you. Can I suggest that maybe in our thoughts about greatest expressions of love, that just that, that being with somebody might be 
one of those ways, the greatest way that we could express love to, to somebody else, to be with them. Uh, we think about this in our, in our, even in our wedding vows, right? We, it's in sickness and in health, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, you know, the, all these things. What we're saying in that is, I will be with you come what may. I'm going to be there. I'm not conditioning this on who you are or how much is in our bank account or whatever. I am going to be with you come what may. That's my commitment of love to you. I will be with you. Uh, Bob Goff in his book, Love Does, at the very, in the, the introductory story to the whole book, he tells this great story about when he was a junior in high school he came to the conclusion that the public education system no longer had anything of value to offer him. And so that he was just going to be done with that. And he was going to drop out of school and he was going to drive up to Yosemite and climb rocks and wash dishes for a living and whatever. And so he grabbed a few items and threw them in the back of his VW Beetle. And on his way out of town, he had the thought, well, I'll stop by my Young Life leader's house and just say goodbye to him and let him know, hey, appreciate your friendship, but I'm out of here. And so he stopped by uh, early on a Sunday morning, woke him up, came and said, hey, just letting you know, I'm checking out. I'll be in Yosemite if you ever want to come find me. And he said, well, hang on a minute. And he came back about 10 minutes later with a sleeping bag and a duffel bag and said, I'll go with you. Okay, well, sure, come on. So they drive up there. And of course, you know, they had about $75. This did not last long. There was no job. But the whole time, his young life leader is like, hey, you know, just, just letting you know, Bob, I'm with you. Whatever you want to do, I'm with you. Well, they get, after a couple of days, they get to the end of the money, and it's obvious that he's not going to get a job. And so we're already at the end of the plan after about two days. <clears throat> and, and it's pretty obvious that, all right, it's sink or swim. And so the young life leader looks at him and says, Bob, just, hey, whatever you want to do, I'm with you. I'm just going to let you know that right now. I'm with you. Whatever you choose. Well, they wisely choose to go back down to the city, and, and uh, Bob resumed his, uh, his life in the public education system after that. But uh, it, that was transformative. And when he got back, he realized that, unbeknownst to Bob, in the preceding week or so, his young life leader had just gotten married to his girlfriend, whom Bob also knew. And so when they got to the door... There was the girlfriend saying, welcome home, honey. And then it just dawned on Bob, wait a minute, you just got, and then you went with me. Wow, really? You would do that? And that was a transformative experience in Bob Goff's life that really encouraged him on the path of following Jesus for the rest of his life. Because this young life leader chose to be with him, even when he was making a really stupid decision. <laughs> he chose to be with him and just let him know, hey, I'm here. I'm with you. You're not alone. I'm going to do this with you. We're together. Um, <clears throat> so maybe there's a time when somebody chose to be with you that was transformative in some way. Maybe it was a parent, a spouse, is those of us who've got adult children, when they choose to spend time with you, you don't, I mean, that's like, wow, really? Like you're choosing to come back and you're going to stay with us at spring break? Wow, that's great. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a, a, that is a show of love when, when somebody chooses to spend time with us. And here we have in Scripture, God's very name 
is Emmanuel, God with us. Not God above us, not just God leading us, not God chastising us, God with us. With us, and in the Old Testament, we see that you know the, that was you know as the Israelites were wandering around the desert, that was the the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. That represented God's presence with them. It was it was specific to a, a location at that point, right? So it was not complete, it was not in its fullness. But God is with us day and night. He's right here. Look, we can see. There's the column. He is here. With us Later then, that was in the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies. That was where God's presence dwelt. Not just the representation of God's presence. God's presence dwelt in the Holy of Holies. He is with us. We know it because he's right over there in the Holy of Holies. He is with us. And then, with Christ, he even takes on the name... God with us. Now we get the fullness of God's presence with us, right? Is, for in Christ, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, right? He, we have the fullness of God with us. Now it's not complete yet, right? That's the hope of what's to come is then it will be in its completion. But we have the fullness of God with us. God has elected and chosen to spend time with us. You know, the, the, the verse of God is for us, if God is with us, who can be against us? He is with us. The God of the universe is with us. In fact, so this the passage I just read was from, from chapter 1 of Matthew. The very last verse in Matthew, the very last verse is, And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Matthew chose to bookend his story of Jesus with, I am with you. Don't forget this. And remember, Matthew's audience was primarily to Jewish followers of Jesus. He wanted them to know, you remember all that from the temple and the tabernacle and the column of fire and the column of smoke? This is Jesus. He is with us. He is not leaving us. This is God with us. So Matthew literally bookends his story. And in between... Those bookends are all these amazing stories of Jesus with people. Not Jesus, you know, the the, the caricature of the the guru on the mountaintop and everybody's got to struggle to the mountaintop to get an audience with the guru or whatever. That's not Jesus. (laughs) Jesus walks right into Matthew's house and says, I'm with you. Let's have dinner. He walks right into Peter's house and says, I'm with you. I'll heal your mother-in-law. He walks right into all kinds of places he's not supposed to be just to say, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm here for you. I'm going to be with you. He even goes to the other side of the lake where he's not supposed to be. And and we all remember the story of the tomb guy running around naked and slashing himself. I mean, this deranged, crazy guy And there's pigs over there. This is not a Jewish place. This is no place a Jew should be. And he shows up and it's like he says, hey, I'm with you guys too. Don't forget, I'm with you too. And the centurion's servant, I'm with you. 
Roman centurion. Think about that. A Jew, Roman centurion. This was not a healthy relationship. Roman centurion, I'm with you. All these stories between those bookends are stories of Jesus saying, I'm with you. I'm right here. You don't have to struggle to try to find me someplace. I am right here in the middle of this with you. I'm going to cry over Lazarus with you. I'm going to be right there. I'm going to do something about it, but I'm going to do it from right here with you, not from somewhere else. I'm going to be right in the middle of it. I'm going to experience this with you. I'm going to share this with you. I'm here. Could there be a greater expression of love than God saying, I am with you? That is unique. There is not another religion or philosophy or anything you want to talk about where the storyline is God with us. That is so counterintuitive to everything else out there. Everything else is us trying to grasp at and reach for and grab a little piece of God or deity or whatever. That's not Jesus. That's not the God of the universe. I am with you because I love you. I am with you. So when is it, when is it challenging to be with someone? That's not always easy, is it? Right? To be with somebody. Uh, there's some really challenging situations to be with somebody. Uh, you know, think about when, when you see somebody choosing to do the wrong thing, choosing to go down the path, much like Bob Goff was as a high school junior. You know, any high school junior electing to drop out and go live in the mountains and climb rocks and wash, that is a bad choice. <laughs> that is a fundamentally bad choice. But he chose to be with him. His young life leader said, instead of saying, Bob, that's a terrible thing, trying to give him all this advice, said, all right, I'll go with you. I'll be there with you. Uh, the, the Outward Bound program, I don't know some of you may be familiar with that, but they, they in, a, in a wilderness outdoor setting, they'll do extended wilderness trips in an effort to teach leadership and to teach uh, you know, self-reliance and these kinds of things. Great, great program. Been around a long time. They, uh, uh, an Outward Bound instructor years ago uh, was quoted as saying, you know, the hardest part about my job it, but, well, back up. So part of the first part of the experience, they'll take them out on maybe a week-long backpacking trip, and they're just trying to teach everybody the skills needed. They assume everybody knows nothing, and they teach them the skills to be out there. And then, then there's a, a solo part, and then the last part is the participants plan and execute a, a backpacking trip. And they figure out the route, they plan the whole thing, and the guide from Outward Bound is just basically there to make sure nobody dies. But he's not there to intervene or say, oh, don't think so, you know, to, to let them experience the consequences of making some wrong choices along the way as well. And, and one of their guides was quoted as saying, you know, the hardest thing about my job is to watch somebody doing something wrong without comment. But go along with it as well. And you're talking about you know, map reading, right? Like, okay, we're going to go that way. And the guy's sitting there going, 
we don't have enough food to go that way. We should really go this way. But, okay, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. So the guide goes with them. And, and, uh, but, but this is that, the idea of you know, watching somebody making a wrong choice and then choosing to go with them anyway. You know, maybe that's a friend. Maybe that's a child. Maybe, maybe it's a spouse. Watching them making what you know is a wrong, <clears throat> a wrong decision. And our tendency, or at least my tendency, is to lecture and educate on why this is a bad decision, right? And you should really see this from my perspective because this is not going to work out well. And then say, okay, fine, you know, have fun out there. Let me know how that works out. That's my knee jerk. Thankfully, that's not God's knee jerk. God's knee jerk is to say, okay, that's not such a great idea, but I'm going to go with you. I'm going to be right there with you. And so for me, that's a challenge. When I see somebody making a wrong decision to just say, all right, I'm going to go with you and be a part of this with you. But who knows? Maybe that has the opportunity to show more love than lecturing and educating. It's possible. About when somebody's suffering, right? When somebody is suffering either from illness or suffering from those bad decisions or, or whatever, uh, <clears throat> That can be really hard to be with someone. You know, think about Job. You know, Job's our classic, you know, almost a caricature of suffering. And, and his friends uh, struggled to be with him because it wasn't real pleasant to, to be with Job. Uh, but Eugene Peterson gives us a really different perspective, or gave me a really different perspective on how to be with somebody. Uh, in his introduction to the book of Job, this is... Before it was all in one book, he would release the books kind of one at a time. This is, I have no idea what the copyright date on this is, but it's fairly old. Anyway, in his introduction, talking about being with somebody as they're suffering, says, we should keep in mind several things. First of all, no matter how insightful we may be, right? I've got all the great insights. No matter how insightful we may be, we don't really understand the full nature of our friend's problems. Second, our friends may not want our advice. Huh, all right, that's a different consideration. Maybe they don't want our advice, but they should, right? They should, anyway, all right. Uh, Third, the ironic fact of the matter is that more often than not, people do not suffer less when they are committed to following God, but more. Did I hear an amen? (laughs) Yeah. So when these people go through suffering... Their lives are often transformed, deepened, marked with beauty and holiness in remarkable ways that could never have been anticipated before the suffering. So instead of continuing to focus on preventing suffering, right, because that's what we want to do. We don't want to see people suffer. That's why we want to say, that's a bad decision. You should not do that. And so instead of preventing suffering, which we simply won't be very successful at anyway, perhaps we should begin entering the suffering participating in so far as we are able, entering the mystery and looking around for God. In other words, we need to quit feeling sorry for people who suffer and instead look up to them and learn from them. And if they will let us, join them in protest and prayer. In other words, be with them. You know somebody that's going through a hard time? Somebody that's suffering? Well, just be with them. Well, I just don't know what to say. I don't have the word. Okay, fine. Don't say anything. That's probably better. <laughs> Just be there. Just be there. 
some of you can give testimony of when you've gone through really hard times, it was enough that somebody was there. That was enough. Just knowing that you were not doing this on your own. Right? I mean, think about that. Because you really didn't want to hear anything they had to say anyway. Because <laughs> you knew what they were going to say. Okay, fine. But the fact that you're choosing to be with me in my suffering, you couldn't say enough to make, the, to make anything greater than just your presence of being with me. And then over time, right, lengthy periods of time to be with some. We all have some challenging relationships. Maybe we're getting ready to face some of those challenging relationships in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> we can spend time with family. Uh, but there are some challenging relationships that over time, it gets more and more difficult to be with somebody. Because we change, people change or, or don't, <laughs> whichever may be the bigger problem. I don't know. But, uh, but the little things become sometimes bigger things over time. It becomes more challenging. But as we're facing some of those relationships in the next few weeks, uh, at the, the challenge to me in preparing for this is, well, so how would Jesus answer that question about Otto? Like, has it become more challenging over time to hang out with Otto, or has it become easier? <laughs> and, I, you know, I asked it rhetorically. I really wasn't hoping for an answer. Um, I, but, uh, you know, the, the, let's face it. We're not always, if, from the perspective of God choosing to spend time with it, we're not always real easy to get along with and be with. Because sometimes we do make those bad choices again and again. And sometimes we do go down paths that we know are not healthy for our relationship with God. And yet we do it anyway. And yet, He is with us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you. I am with you to the point that I would go to the cross. I am with you to the point that I would go hungry. I am with you to the point that I will be poor. I am with you to the point that I will give up everything that is my right so that I can be with you. That's why he did that. (laughs) Do you realize that that's the whole point to this whole thing? Is so that We can be with him. That's the end game. That's where this all leads. We get to be with him in his fullness, in his completeness. That's it. That's it. That's why he did this. That's also in part why Paul said that all I want Everything, I'll get rid of it all, because all I want is to know Jesus. I just want to know him. Why is that enough? Because that's also the end game. God wants us to be with him so we can know him in his fullness, and we can experience him, I would say daily, but that won't even make sense at that point. But we just get to experience his fullness constantly. Constantly. That's the whole thing 
us to know God in his fullness, God to be with us. That is the end game. That's when the puzzle pieces have all fit together. Nothing is incomplete at that point. So as we think about how to show Christ's love to others, my knee jerk is, again, to think about going and doing something, right? You know, like... We want to go feed the homeless. We want to go, uh, you know, whatever, you know, the, the clothes and take clothes, do food pantries. Those are great. Those are great. I'm not trying to downplay those things. But if we're doing that and not also being with people, then we're, we're coming up a little short, I think. Like, that's the first priority, just to be with people. That shows them the love of God. I am with you, no matter what. I am here. I am with you. Challenging family member, just want you to know, I'm with you. I love you, and I'm here. Kid making a wrong choice, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to be right here with you on this. Whatever, just to be with people. Kathy's going to Laredo tomorrow. Why? Not to change the world. To be with people. But you know what? Sometimes that changes the world. But that's how God shows his love to us. was by being with us. So, over the, the, the next few weeks, the Christmas and the holiday season, let's listen to the Holy Spirit and look for opportunities to just be with people that need to know that Jesus loves them and just be with them and not worry about whether or not you've got the right words or if you've got the right verse memorized or gee I wish you know Scott was here because he'd know what to say just just be with them just be with them and let them know that hey I'm with you because this is this is what God wants you to know we're together on whatever this is. So let's listen to the Holy Spirit and uh, take the opportunity to be with people, truly with people, uh, this this Christmas season. So some of us may have some of those things that we're going in the back of our mind. Oh, yeah, I got that relationship. <laughs> I got one of those right now. This is going to be tough. Uh, <clears throat> man, we'd love to pray for that and pray that God would give you the ability to just be with that person or those people or, or whatever. Uh, we've already prayed for, for Kathy, but, you know, man, anybody else that's going to be, you know, a lot of t- you know, mission trips happen over the holidays. Somebody else is going on a mission trip or whatever. Just to be with, not get wrapped up in the doing, but remember to be present and be with people. So I'll wrap this up in prayer, but if you would like prayer, we'll have some of our prayer leaders, prayer leaders meet over, I don't know, pick a quarter, whatever. Sounds like go stand in a corner. That's not what I mean. But anyway, uh, Scott. I think that you've said something that is really profound for us as a community as well. Because I think that what I heard you say is that we, we can pray to be a community that's following Jesus and be with people that we disagree with without comment. And I know that there's a tension because we live in a world where we can spend all day criticizing other people. And we can also distance ourselves from those people. 
or we can choose to be incarnational in the footsteps of Jesus. So I'd really like for us to pray that, that we as a community of people would be incarnational in our city. That we would choose to be with people that we disagree with without comment. Communicating the love of God. I think that is, that's, that's mm-hmm. a super important prayer for more than share with us. Yeah. Would you like to lead that prayer? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Spirit, uh, we just live at a, at a very contentious time. And we live at a time where we as people following Jesus um, are, are fearful people that are not people that have different faiths that, that are not consistent with who you are. And in so many ways, it, it seems that our posture has become that we, we're supposed to be the parents of the world, that we're supposed to be correcting all the other infants in this world that are going our own way. So Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you would relieve us of what only you can do. Uh, you, you, spirit, you as son, you as father, you're the only parent that people of this world need. And we need to be like Jesus. We need to be incarnational. We need to be able to be with others who are not like us, others that do not believe the same way, others that do not act the same way as as us. And we need to be there without comment, without correcting others, without looking down Without being parents, be with others, communicating your love to them. Remind us that you were with us before we were doing what was right. Remind us that we were making decisions that were wrong, but you were with us. Because of that, we came to know you and we committed ourselves to follow what you asked us to do and to be. Let us give that same mercy away uh, to people around us. And and as Otto's brought it into our families, Lord, there's people in all of our families that are making decisions that are are really contrary to what's written in the Word, what what just the norms of biblical ethics. But Lord, help us to have an attitude that's with them without correction. We can't do that without your help. Empower us to do that. Empower us to do that. So if anybody would like prayer more personally, we'll meet over here. The rest of you have a fantastic morning. Thanks for spending time together.